Alright, howdy folks, welcome to episode 80 of Biomast, and we have a packed house tonight with several guests on. Some of our regulars are back, but we've kind of got them all on a neat little mix tonight. Uh, we refer tonight as one of the tinfoil issues, uh, which should be kind of interesting. Uh, there's a lot of news, some of it in-game, some of it out-of-game, so this is one of those sort of weird confluence of times where there's actually things to talk about with CCP. Uh, and a couple other impressions of uh, probably towards the end of the show in terms of um, you know, some other gameplay experiences a couple of us have been having. So should be a fun show. Uh, so without further ado, let's go ahead and knock out some intros. And we are going to start at the bottom of the list. I'm shaking it up now, so I'm totally catching people by surprise, and I'm buying them time so that Pokey can get his shit together before I say, Pokey, you're up first. <laughs> I'm Pokey Draven from OSG Planetary Operations, co-host here on the show and writer for the Biomass blog. Outstanding. And Jadek. Jadek Menaheim. I'm the manager of the Trello Trade chat channel and Dust Bunny Day Traders. <laughs> Heracles. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Heracles Porsche. I am a Dust YouTuber, altaholic, and very pleased that we are getting a Lodgy event. Outstanding. Ooh. Late, uh, late breaking ad at the show, Darth. Hi, uh, Darth Carbonite, member of CPM2, and glad to give everyone a Lodgy event. Ooh, do you see what he did there? Well played. <laughs> I saw what he did there. Okay. We're not worthy. Uh, let's see, who's up next? Bam. Hey there, guys. Uh, just a regular guy. That's all, really. At some point, you're gonna give you're gonna give a different intro, but I'm okay with your regular guy that just likes Regu beer and bacon. Reg for now. Regular guy that <laughs> likes beer and bacon, dude. Nothing fancy, just a regular dude. Yep. No, I'm I'm a huge fan. Uh, let's see, bait. Hey, what's up, everybody? Um, I'm uh, Awa Bait. I'm a member of the Incorruptibles Corporation and a writer for the uh, Biomass blog. All right, folks. And uh, again, he may be a regular, but he's our regular, and he is the reigning undisputed champion of paper, scissors, rock, lizard, Spock here on the Biomass Pod channel, Sarizel. Yeah, um, I can't really, I can't top that introduction, so I'll just leave it there. That's good. That's good. You just back away when you know you, you've been beaten already. I like that. Okay. Um, all right, folks. We, we've got, like I said, a couple interesting things to talk about tonight. So we do have a CPM member. And if you don't mind, Darth, I'll turn it over to you since you so aptly said we you, we have a Lodgy event on the way, courtesy of perhaps you or and others. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the event that's coming up? Yeah. Well, there's not too much. We The whole idea behind it was to give something to the people that had wanted, you know, more involvement for the Lodgies, uh, which had seemingly been ignored with all these kill events. And uh, we figured we wouldn't make it too hard, but um, hopefully the reward, the rep tool BPO, uh, we're still working on the stats. We hope it's worth it. Um, we really pushed for uh, a shield rep tool to be the first of its kind, but uh, despite their best efforts, we couldn't swing that this time. Uh, but instead, well, hopefully we'll have something that's worth it. Okay. Well, no, that that's actually pretty cool. I, did they release any of the details about uh, sort of what you have to do or what kind of grind it's going to be for the, I think it's a rep tool event, right? Uh, no, not in particular. It's uh, 10,000 war points um, over four, five days. I, memory fails me. It's four or five days, 10,000 war points, any way you get it. 
Yeah, no, no. I think the reward is a it's is the it's something like the council rep tool or something, some jazz like that. Correct, and that's what I'm talking about in terms of the stats or TDD. Okay, yeah. Sorry, sorry. No, 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 no problem. Yeah, when I saw it, when I, I think somebody asked uh, CCP frame that on Twitter, like what the stats were, and he basically said we're, we're going to wait to announce it. And uh, I read that in my CCP phrase later to say we don't know yet, and we're still working on it because the first thing we tried was a grease fire or OP. Therefore, we'll let you know as soon as we know. I, I wouldn't say grease fire or OP. I, I would say a disappointment. We really thought we had uh, something going there with the shield rep tool. Turned out we didn't. So um, we're falling back a little bit. Okay, fair enough. Well, at least you gave the old college try. I'll give you that one. Indeed. Okay. Uh, any other uh, news or kind of points you want to lay out from a CPM perspective? Maybe key things that you guys are looking for feedback on that you're trying to work out with the CCP rat in the game? Uh, we'll be well. We'll be opening up feedback hopefully really soon for 1.3. Ritati is currently in Iceland doing things, um, but yeah, look for 1.3 news and stuff soon-ish. Do you know a CCP Ritati has an appointment with two guys named Bob? I cannot confirm or deny. Okay. <laughs> well, well, we will know soon if there's a CCP Ritati after he comes back. Okay, uh, let's see. Moving right along, we do have some interesting news out there that we are going to kick this one over to. I'm, I'm running my finger up and down the list of names, and I will choose you, Pikachu. That's that's code for Soraya. Uh, to talk a little bit about the, I think it's a Forbes article that described a pretty massive influx of cat. Well, actually, I tell you what, let's hold that one off. Because now I've caught Soraya sort of totally unawares, and he's desperately I'm, trying to get food out of his mouth. No, I'm right here waiting for you. Here. <laughs> Actually, I tell you what, let's let's. Uh, I think Heracles had some in-game commentary. He just wanted to throw out there, reference some PC activities and a couple other things uh, that he wanted to bring up, which I think probably would fit very well here. Let's let's transition over to Heracles with a little bit of in-game news, and then we can move it over to some of the more macro stuff uh, for for Uzel, if that's okay. Whatever floats your boat. Awesome. Okay. Go ahead, Heracles. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to mention that uh, uh, PC activity has heated up pretty good for the first time in a while. And uh, it's definitely worth uh, checking out some of the videos of the War Ravens uh, versus Capital Acquisitions. Uh, War Ravens attacked uh, Cap, and uh, they didn't realize kind of that they would... They had a big part of their own corporation still sympathetic to us, so we got a lot of them to flip over to our side and, you know, create a lot of intercorp drama with, you know, people switching sides at the last minute. And uh, I think it's really interesting. So if you check out uh, my channel on YouTube, you'll find that stuff. You can also find a new video on Silver's channel. Uh, and yeah, I think that's well worth checking out. A lot of fun, delicious corp v corp drama there. And um, just taking a look at the uh, star map, um, we have Skill of God at the top of the star map with uh, owning 10% of Molten Heath. And uh, obviously, most of you guys know that uh, the uh, Latino player base has been, you know, e expanding its influence steadily in Dust for a long time. But uh, I think this is the first time I've actually seen them at the top of the star map, and they've been inactive. For, or they have been active in 
PC for quite a while, so it's interesting to see them uh, finally uh, top, uh, you know, topping the scoreboard there. And uh, yeah, so PC is heating up, and I strongly encourage you guys to all check it out and get involved. Yep, and uh, let's see a couple a couple things of note as just, and I'd be kind of interesting interested to hear the old time vet kind of discussion about this one. The, the player population or like the, the actual like um, demographics of dust has changed pretty dramatically over the last few years. Uh, I think that's a very, like a very safe thing to say. And I don't really know how they could capture stats on this. I mean, sure there's, there's way they, ways they can do it, but it, it's, I think inevitable that you've got um, central and South American uh, corpse really taking over and, that I think that's just what you're, you're just going to continue to see a, a steady sort of well-charted increase of their total player player population count relative to other parts of the world uh, and their dominance in, in sort of the planetary conquest mode. You know, that, I think that's just going to continue to grow just through sheer dent of numbers. Uh, and, and again, that is, I think, very much indicative of the state of the PS3 more than anything. I think you blew people's minds, Jay. Um, I uh, mean, it was well, interesting. I mean, I mean uh, I'm sorry, the North American audience is, you know, still still here. Uh, I think the biggest change probably was we seem to have had an exodus of Japanese players. I mean, it didn't really happen overnight, but I just don't see Japanese players on the way that I used to. That's the biggest thing I can think of in terms of, you know, player migration. I've kind of noticed that, too, and to be honest, I'm kind of happy about that i mean not that you know losing players is is bad for the game but those japanese players god damn they're brutal in game holy <laughs> shit um well, but it, it is sad to, to hear that they are leaving and to see less of them um hopefully we get them replaced uh with more latinos if that doesn't sound too bad <laughs> No, it doesn't. I mean, but what you're describing is, I mean, honestly, it's what you're describing is sort of the cultural, like the, it's like the the migration of how a game system works, really, uh, or how a game itself will work. In this case, a game system. You know, the Japanese were heavy early adopters in Dust, and they had a, you know, there were not a lot of, there's not a lot of Japanese centric Eve activity going on, uh, but first-person shooter on a free-to-play first-person shooter on a Sony product. There was a very strong uh, and very solid contingent of Japanese, like like non-English speaking Japanese groups of people that played uh, that left their mark for a long time in Dust, um, and they were they were supported to a degree by some folks on the Eve side, uh, and then you, but predominantly the game was carried for the longest time by North America, Europe, and Australia. In, in all fairness. Uh, and then the Australians kind of bled out, you know, when they started shutting their server off and a variety of other things happened. Plus, they had the toughest connection speeds of anybody. Uh, it just kind of worked out that way. So for, you know, North America and Europe carried large chunks of the dust community for a long time. And as the as PS3s died and PS4s came online or people just got frustrated with the game, even while the PS3 was, was viable, um, I... You know, you saw a steady migration to like Central and South America, where 
PS3s are far more affordable, and a free-to-play game works really well with the you know economic situation that you know most of those countries have. The only other place that you normally would see that, well, traditionally where you would see that kind of transition was like in uh, the Korean markets or other parts of Asia, uh, but they are much more on par with where the Japanese are, you know, at least nowadays. And I remember this all the way back when, God, probably 15, 20 years ago, you could see the migration of games when you had several competing game systems, not just you know the Xbox One and, and the PS4. You had multiple types of uh, generations of game game systems out there. You could see how these things would migrate uh, between countries. So I think it's pretty natural, you know, but it, it's also... I think just a, a sheer uh, market trend that you have to watch, you know, when you're, when you're working these things around, there's no other really, there's really no other strong viable markets uh, that have any kind of real potential for growth. And even that growth is somewhat limited. So the North American European markets, they probably are what they are and they will only get smaller. Whereas you probably still have a little bit of, you know, like a little bit of margin for, like overall increase in growth in sort of the Central and South American markets and maybe a few other areas where the PS3 is, is a much more viable product than the PS4 is right now. Yeah, I mean, they, I don't remember when it was that they shut off the Oceanic server, but, you know, that's no longer an option for players. And I thought I heard rumors that the Asia server had, had been shutting down or was going to be shut down, but I still see it on the battle server list. So, I mean, considering... You know where CCP is located. I I doubt that'll ever get shut off. But yeah, uh, I mean, if you look at, I actually find it interesting thinking about where the star map has been and the cultural changes. Like you remember back in the day when PC mattered more uh, because you know there was a big pile of ISK to be had by from owning districts. Like you would, you know, millions and or billions of ISK would flow into a corp that owned. A big percentage of Molten Heath and, you know, corps like Nyansan and Nyanshan together owned like 33% of Molten Heath and the Japanese player base, you know, they cared about taking over and, you know, filling their pockets. And uh, when they changed the game mechanics, um, I don't know, I don't know if it's correlated, but, you know, they're completely out of PC now, the Japanese player base. And now we have the Latino player base, you know, taking over PC and what motivates most people to be in PC these days is not ISK. It's it's personality stuff. You know, people people get in these fights because you know personalities clash. If you look at all the background stuff that's going in PC, it's you know people with egos butting heads, and you know that's what drives people to get in these corp battles these days. So it's been really interesting to watch the you know star map change along with those you know cultural trends and all that stuff. Yeah, kind of from like an anecdotal perspective. Um... With the like the many Japanese contacts I have on Twitter, it seems like a lot of the uh, the desk playing population has switched over to Warframe. I don't know, maybe they're interested in Thanks, you know, the meta conflicts there. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I've seen a lot of players, um, Japanese players from Dust, swap over to Warframe. Yeah, no, they did I, not I, fool around when they played this game either. Like they they Q sync they whatever whatever game they were in, they took it over. If you were against. You know, a squad of Nyansan, you had no chance back in the you day. You were fucked. You were mad. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, here's the, here's the thing. I mean, they were they were incredibly organized. They were very tightly knit, but they had two well, they had really two significant advantages. The first one is this thing called a time zone. So mm-hmm. 
that that was pretty significant, uh, and at least in terms of how PC works. And then the the second thing, if you really got down to it, um, what they were incredibly effective at doing when they would, if you've ever watched them play an ambush, like where they just basically zerg rush everybody, like fifteen dudes all moving to the same point at the same time, and they just kind of like run around the clock, you know, like run from point to point to point like that. That's exactly how they how they ran against ran against people in PC. And it, you know, it's brutally effective, but if you get inside their cycle, you can beat it. You know, they're not necessarily, they weren't necessarily any better than any one group individually. They had, everybody's got some star players and they certainly had their share, but. They did good from a political sense too. Um, They usually, they they usually, they usually allied with pretty much the biggest other power out there. um, just, Just to be, you know, that's to hide behind almost. And I'm not to say that's as a cowardly thing, but as just a, a strong tactical decision was that they allied themselves with whoever the biggest threat to them would potentially be pretty much all the time. Yeah. Well, yeah, they were part of that, the blue, they also, blue donut. I mean, they also became basically a holding court for a lot of people too, like a lot of the larger, um, you know, like a lot of the larger entities that they would be partnered with, they would actually hold districts for them because they had a, a significant time zone advantage. So, I mean, like I said, it, it is kind of interesting how, how all these things work, but I I see nothing that, that does not tell me you're going to have more and more and more, uh, you know, Central American and Latino folks playing the game, which I think is great. I mean, I, I, I have no issue with that. It's just it's a matter of some games are dominated by certain parts of the world and certain, you know, cultures is not the right word, but it's literally more about kind of the country and where things are at in the you know, sort of the game cycle, game life cycle. So kind of is what it is. Uh, but uh, I did want to actually kind of make a quick leap over and kind of, you know, tee up this for Sarizel because he did, he did indicate, find a couple articles or at least one in particular that I thought was very interesting. Uh, and he and I and Pokey have talked about it a little bit and it'll be interesting to hear your guys take on it. Uh, Zell, if you don't mind, could you give us a quick rundown of that? Uh, I, I want to say it was a Forbes article. Correct me you if know, I'm wrong. I'm looking at Bloomberg, but it's it's been covered in a couple different places. It, uh, no, you're right. It is Bloomberg. I'm sorry. I keep thinking Forbes yeah. for some reason, but if it's, you can give I mean, a it's, it's it's a major thing um, as as a business deal, and it, it's been seen. Um, is that basically um, uh, they were they did a funding round, which is kind of a thing that usually startups tend to do. Um, to raise a bunch of investors uh, for a project, and they raised uh, $30 million, um, led by uh, the venture capital firm NEA, um, specifically for the purpose of um, development in VR. It is an investment in their VR development arm. And the the interesting thing to me about that is, first of all, doing one of these kind of investment rounds the way they did... um, with an, as uh, I think the the Bloomberg article put it, as an 18 year old startup that's failed to make anything, failed to uh, surp- failed to make it beyond their first big hit. Um, it's it's a bit of an odd odd arrangement. And then the other big big note is that two members of uh, NEA are actually now board members for CCP. Um, and so this is interesting for a few reasons. This could, I, you know, this could potentially affect Dust. Um, I mean. The, the board is who, who gets to make big decisions on where money gets spent, and there's now two new individuals in it. Um, you know, I who knows? Maybe maybe as in, investors, you know, investors don't get where they get make progress by sitting on what they have. 
maybe they they might say, hey, you know, do something with this. It's got potential. Let's you know put the risk in. I don't know. Um, and then the the other question for me is what they might be intending to do with this thirty million dollars because Gunjack is done. By anything I can tell, Valkyrie's probably been done or you know almost done. Valkyrie's not done. I, yeah, I I think they probably are embellishing on it because they have the time, but they they've always been. You know, whenever the Oculus Rift launches, we launch. Um, and I, I mean, I'm sure they've got more they can do. I'm sure they have a roadmap of development, but I, I think they were probably ready to ship a year ago. Um, so my question is, though, is what are they going to spend this money on? Is is this going to be, uh, you know, part of a big marketing push, maybe, and and to really just try and get this out into as many, you know, as many hands as possible? I don't know. Well, or could CCP- this be? Go ahead. Uh, the the other theory I have is you know that um, Atlanta had had shown off last year at FanFest a ton of uh, um, different concepts for uh, for more uh, more like VR standing demos that they had done that were really really cool. Cross and I tried this disc battle one that was quite a ton of fun. Maybe they're they're doing this now because they have more things they wanted that they're getting to that point they want to spend money on with VR. Like you talked about a marketing push just a second ago, uh, Shanghai is hiring a, um, a marketing guy for Dust, uh, right? We talked about that two weeks ago, I think. Um, yeah, but um, I mean, I think you know it may be a it may be a replacement hire of someone they already have. Um, but I don't know. Like it, it's that was again that was said to be somewhat general, just you know, for CCP Shanghai. But it also had a lot of bullet points that were very specifically mentioning Dust. So mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. I think Ratati actually said in the forums at one point that it was a replacement hire, not a new position. Right, well, it also it also truly makes you wonder what does a marketing guy for Dust do? Can anybody raise their hand and say what marketing <laughs> has been done in Dust for the last year? <laughs> and and that's a valid point. Is why would they need to replace a position there if if there's really no marketing being done other than. I mean, I guess there's, you know, Sony's done some promotional stuff on on the PS3 store, I think, and in some places, and there's been, you know, someone actually manages, I guess, the sales and stuff, Um, but there really hasn't been a lot in terms of marketing for Dust. Yeah, I I mean, that's my, my, I suspect anything hired for CCP Shanghai is sort of general population work i'm sure there may be some stuff they do for dust but it's probably for whatever else that they're doing at ccp shanghai as well you know another thing to consider in light of this uh you know this funding push is that they also recently sold off the white wolf entertainment for uh what's a paradox interactive and so that probably also freed up a bit of funds probably not a lot i mean i don't know how much sure i I, I don't know if they announced they didn't announce how much that deal was for i can't imagine it was for a lot though Uh, it was was for tens of millions of um, swedish kroner here's the thing like the white like the thing about white wolf is it's the ips that they own that they inherit with that the amount of the number of ips that actually came with that is pretty large because white wolf for under its banner uh had multiple different uh, like game IPs or, or fiction and novel IPs, like a lot of them, uh, a lot of the world of darkness stuff that they talked about, but, and there had, there was multiple offshoots of that. So it would be, if the, if it was, you basically took the whole portfolio of white wolf stuff and you transferred that over, 
I could I could see that being a fairly large liquid chunk of cash uh, if there was because really you can trade IPs. That's like that's like a commodity in the media world is an IP. So even if you don't do anything with it, if you own the IP and you let it cook for a while, and then somebody recapitalizes it to do something with it, uh, there is money to be made there. And then and, and effectively CCP got White Wolf. You know, I mean they they got a good they had a good deal on getting White Wolf into their fold. So they probably came out okay on this, I, I suspect. Uh, so long story, but all it did really is clean up their books again. And it's not even so much the amount that I'm talking about is that the timing of we're going to sell this to make money. And then we're going to also jump in with an investment around the same time. It kind of shows that CCP is obviously trying to pull together a sum of money for whatever purpose. And they're, they're doing it, you know, at, at this moment. No, that, that's a pretty fair, that's a pretty fair assessment. The, um, so a couple couple quick things. NEA, just so everybody's tracking, that's kind of a venture capital firm. Um, and if you go to NEA.com, like the first thing you see when you pull it up on the splash page is CCP. Um, so it'll be kind of interesting to see what happens with this. Now, a couple things here, because you, they've put so much, they've put enough money into CCP, whether it's specifically for the VR component, I'm sure that that was a major driver that attracted them. They now have two people that sit on the board of a privately held company. So, what that translates into is they have a, a pretty big ham, a pretty big stick in terms of what goes where. The the thing that I would kind of point out to folks, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying dust is about to be cut off the knees. Do not mistake anything I'm about to say for that. All I would point out is, if their focus, or at least what drew them, was the VR aspect. Gunjack and Valkyrie made from the ground up to showcase and progress VR gaming. Eve, as it as it is right now, even if they didn't change a thing, but as it is right now, Eve very quickly could translate into a VR game that would be pretty innovative and really cool because it doesn't move too fast. And if you can think of any science fiction sort of movie you've ever seen where almost like minority report got style, you know, you're standing in the middle of your, of your fleet. If you're an FC and you're moving shit with your hands and stuff like that, you could easily see a translation like that occurring in Eve um, where you could kind of see it all happening in front of you, so, so to speak. So those three things work really well with VR dust as a first person shooter does not work very well with VR. Now, I have actually used some VR systems for first-person shooter-like activities. Um, it can work, but f for most people in terms of a, a, an accessible gaming mechanism, it's probably not that good. So it's also it's it's basically just far enough outside the shot group of the other three things if you look at through that sort of VR lens that it, it might be considered a you know, definitely a sideshow or a, perhaps a, you know, something that that, is, that does not apply energy or focus to what these investors want. That, that could be telling in the future, uh, depending on how, how they want, how they, how the arrangements have been structured internal to the company and how they're running CCP now. Uh, I'm not hearing anything. No, I was actually taking a pause, hoping somebody would jump in there. That's cool. 
I mean, it kind of comes down to, you know, if the future of DOS is it just going to be a straight port or anything at all, or if they're going to actually, like you said, take it from the ground up and actually produce something that would make sense for VR. I mean, if they can do the latter, I think that they could probably, you know, get in with that initial push for, you know, a VR-centric, uh, you know, game base, particularly since they have this investment firm that's really going for it. If they could package a whole... You know, a, a whole series of games. You've got your dogfighter, you've got your your turret rail shooter, and you've got your FPS game. And if you can all bundle those under this, you know, New Eden VR experience, that's actually a pretty powerful, you know, uh, group of of products you can sell and market to people. Particularly because VR is so popular right now. So, you know, I, I think CCP's investment in VR will certainly pay off. I think VR will will take off. You know, hopefully they can get a return on that investment. Like, but like you said, it's a matter if you know dust or whatever they end up doing with it uh, is part of that. No, absolutely, man. So I, now, just a, a random question about this um, with with the push that they're. I, I think I think every every inkling I've gotten is that Valkyrie looks very good. Everybody I've talked to that actually has laid hands on it says it's it's quite well done. Uh, and they are, and if they're, as Zell said, they're continuing to polish, basically, it's only going to make it better. Um, I, I think they've got the VR piece well in hand with Valkyrie because I, I do believe that is a launch title for it. Like, I think that's the launch title for it, right? Yes. So that's th- my understanding. Yeah. So I think they're going to be in pretty good shape, uh, in terms of how that goes. I, I'm just kind of, I'm curious where dust fits in the world of CCP right now, because it is just really difficult to tell. Um, I mean, Eve's a flagship, but they're putting a lot of heat on the, on Gunjack and Valkyrie, obviously for, you know, that is the direction the company is taking, which is again, further off azimuth than what dust is. So I just, how do you guys see it? I mean, do you, do you see dust as, is practically having, I, we all know that it can have a component into the CCP world, but what's your gut tell you? Do you think that they're going to, they're going to have any kind of FPS style game in, in Eve or no CCP? No, at this rate, no, <laughs> but I, I do have um, my hopes as I think some of us do. Um, the CPM has said in the past that um, I wanted to say it was Denny that was, Cautiously optimistic, I think, were the words that he used. That's the um, official CPM term. Yeah. So, um, I mean, there's that, but I don't think that really means much. <laughs> well, fine. <laughs> I, I, you know, honestly, I think that despite what people may say, the the looming presence of Star Citizen, whether that becomes a game or not, is is certainly a threatening element to this particular genre. Particularly if you know it's promising, you know, all of the stuff that it can actually deliver on even a part of it. It could be dangerous to CCP's you know uh, franchise. And I think the moves they've been making, particularly with VR, with this you know total immersion, you know, we're introducing a dogfighter. I mean, that's that's something you see in Star Citizen. They've obviously have Eve, which is which is you know solid for what it is. Um, and then Gun Jack is a little more fluffy, but it's it's still part of uh, you know that VR experience, and they want to you know spread uh, to as much of a target audience as they can. Now, I think that an FPS element, which again is also you know stated to be you know part of Star Citizen, is important, and I don't think that CCP, if they are indeed going to try to 
you know, make a front against, you know, that style of game, which for the most part is becoming much more popular, kind of that persistent big open universe, particularly with space games. I mean, you see other developers kind of starting to, to edge into that sort of thing as well. I think CCP hopefully recognizes that they need to, you know, remain current. They can't just write out Eve as it is forever. They need to expand and actually bring features to that universe that can compete with those other franchises. And I think that, you know, they they can't be selling games anymore. They need to sell a universe. They need to sell a, a you know an entire experience. I mean, even if those games are you know loosely connected and there isn't a lot of crossplay. the fact that you can have people go oh well, i tried eve valkyrie that was cool oh look now there's eve or gunjack or uh, dust 514 or whatever if you can sell that universe that's gonna you know make you in a much stronger position in terms of competing with other uh, companies that are pushing into that kind of market now i, th- I think that's a really good take on it um hey bam i'm curious man you you've been around around the block on this on this type of discussion for quite a bit. What are your thoughts on this? Well, it's it's actually quite interesting. Um, if you remember back, way back when, in uh, many years ago, in 2014, um, I did make an article and a series of videos based around the theories of VRTech and CZP. Um, I'll, I'll just start from the beginning again because this is BAM's tinfoil. All right, uh, so sit back and uh, get the popcorn. Right, uh, when we looked at the... Um, Financial year in reports for CCP, they had hired a company called uh, Novator Partners LLP. And basically, they don't deal with games. They deal with shipwriting companies to sell off. Now, with their um, recent selling to NAE, um, and I say that because uh, CCP are within NAE's um, portfolio. Um, and if you look there, the associated team are Harry Wheeler and uh, Andrew Schoon. I believe these two guys are the heavy hitters on the board. So yep. uh, if you think about it that way, they've got 30 million pesos to invest. So yes, they could have a huge marketing campaign, spread the word of CCP, spread the goodness, spread the love, or they could reinvest it. Now, everyone here is complaining, dust, 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 dust. Yes, I understand. Dust 514 is a game I've loved. I love it still. I love the people that play it, all that jazz. Um, but you guys are forgetting Legion. That was a ground-up start as well, similar to Valkyrie, similar to, to Gunjack. I reckon a part of that's going to go and get invested into Legion, and Legion's not going to be standing up its own two feet very soon. And yes, Legion will have a VR capability, because as Pokey said, which I agree with, you're not selling a video game anymore nowadays, you're selling an experience. And yes, people do say that it's difficult to have a first-person shooter um, with a VR environment, but think of it this way. Instead of you moving around the VR world, why doesn't the VR world move around you? And all you have to do is look left, right, up, and down, you know? So it's it's um, interesting to think, you know? Um, this uh, Harry Wheeler for example, is one of the titans of technology and known in Washington. You know, he doesn't make stupid half-assed bets, you know. He's a clever chappy, you know. So I reckon in a couple of years we'll be seeing, uh, you know, an Eve Legion or a variant of a first-person shooter. And yes, sadly, I'm with these guys when it says port that flippin' game off that bloody console because that game will die on that console. It will die. Get it off. Even if it's on the PC, I don't give a shit. Get it off the PS3. Just get rid of it. It needs to be put on a different platform because if it's not, if it's on the PS3, it will die. Um, so yeah, that's basically the turn for. So they've shipwrecked the company to sell it off to NAE. NAE's bought it. They put two heavy hitters on the board of directors. They've invested a huge wad of cash. They are not going to let that wad of cash just sit idly by. They're going to plow it into VR tech. And I reckon Legion is going to be standing up very soon. Watch this space. 
watch next year's fan fest. It'll be very interesting to see what happens next year's fan fest. Uh, but yeah, that, that's that's my bam bacon theory. And no, I haven't made a video about it, but it's been it's on the tip of my tongue to make a video about it and uh, stick it up onto the old U of tubes. So yeah, interesting, interesting, I, interesting yeah, stuff's happening. Very I, interesting stuff. I, I do I do I do like where I do like where your head's at on it. I just I, it's it, it's 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 one of those things where as much hype as they're putting on Gunjack and Valkyrie and they put, and they still continue to beat the drum for, for Eve, but they say literally nothing about dust to me. It like, it's pretty much why I stopped playing dust in all, in all fairness is that if the company doesn't support the game, why should I? Yeah, this is true. This is true. But, but just, just to, Pull the pin out of the um, bacon theory a bit more to uh, let more lovely juices flow into your brain parts. Um, JDEC posted a couple of tweets and tweeted about um, the Eve drop suits leaks from Sis. All right, now people are saying yes, these are these are um, uniforms to make their Eve dolls look pretty. But if you look at the details and textures and qualities of these suits, to me it says they're actually developing suits for Legion because these suits look too damn good to be just dress-ups, you know? They look very, very, very good. I mean, it even says, Armor Suit, MMO 1, Sisters of Eve Red Top. I mean, how? They're, they're developing Legion. Definitely. I mean, I know Legion got shelved, you know, to help cut costs back and whatever have you. I mean, damn, it got shelved. Now they, they're bringing it back. And that's well, why, you know, people are saying this, that, the other, meow, meow. So, you know, it's just tinfoil. I know it's complete and pure speculation, but... It's tantalizing to think that maybe one day we'll be graced with a beautiful game from Eve, and it will be a first-person shooter, and I will blow a spaceship out the fucking sky with my big-ass gun, and I will top an Eve Corporation. Booyah. Those eggers ain't got nothing on me. <laughs> okay. All right. That's fair. Anybody else want to hop in on this one? Um, somewhat related, but kind of back on the VR topic, there is a video on YouTube of a tech demo of uh, first-person camera perspective for Eve Online. And anyone who's played Eve knows that this is functionally pointless. However, it does make for a nice test bed if you want to strap on a VR headset and fly your frigate around. It would look pretty damn cool. So again, that's another thing kind of pushing towards this uh, VR focus within the company. Hmm. I mean, that, yeah, I could see that. The uh, just generally uh, did want to touch on something Bam said. He, he had a good point there. I think some of you guys have seen it. The uh, it. it Generally, just so everybody understands, if you go on to Sisyphus, that's, or CC as they call it, Sissy as they call it uh, sometimes, that's the test server for EVE, which is also where a lot of the dust material is also stored. In fact, I think every, everything in dust is in, in Sissy. And usually you can see it there first. So there's usually no real big surprises that come out of Sissy. Uh, there's, or at least there's some level of knowledge about what's coming out. So... Uh, JDEC posted, I don't remember who gave it to you, but they're basically pulls from Sissy that were kind of screenshots of different sets of armor. Uh, I do think that at a minimum, they are probably some things that somebody at one point was looking at giving the Eve pilots because they do like the little space dress up thing with their characters, their tunes in there. Uh, could it have been something that they were working on with Legion or the artist formerly known as, known as Legion? Yeah, maybe. Uh, I, I don't know nor believe that on this way, every time you bring this up, you know, all the CPM guys will like, you know, give you the you know, very political answer of, 
I can't really talk about it and I'm cautiously optimistic and this, that, and the other. I, when I hear all that, which is mildly entertaining to me at best, what I hear is that we are, we are exploring some things, maybe actually working on a few things here and there, but it's all things that we want to do here at Shanghai that we're pushing CCP to do. And that does not equate to a game being produced, really, in, in truthfulness. It really doesn't. But but does it equate to, you know, Shanghai makes all this cool shit for, you know, um, for Legion, um, and they present it to, to Hilmar and everybody at Iceland, and they say, here... We have all of the all of the artwork and all of the um, you know the suits or whatever and the textures and shit like that. Um, can we you know go ahead and finish making a game? Does it does it work like that or no? No, not really. Legion was a running game at FanFest. Remember, it ran. I could grant on a console, it, but it ran. It ran. There was only on... one map, yes, but it ran. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, but how many how many games get to even up on to the map. almost all the way done point and still don't make it on the market? A lot. So this a is true. game this is true. on one map that that quote unquote runs, I can do an, an Unreal Engine in about five minutes. Okay, it's not I'd, necessarily I'd like good, to see you develop but... the, the quality and textures in five minutes. What these guys put their fucking sure asses through existed, to develop that. that all existed ahead of time, more than likely. Yeah, 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 yeah. The game ran. Legion is living. Legion's alive. It got shelved. It's dormant. It's waiting to come. Watch, watch. Zellixer raises a pretty good point, legion, though. It. I want my freaking Legion. <laughs> but but Zell raises a good point that the Unreal Four Engine, uh, the, the the level builder is actually very easy to use, and you could put something like that together fairly quickly, especially if you have existing assets for it. But and that doesn't mean those, it's a all game. All those maps, all those maps existed, and all that artwork, the texture work is probably all done. I, I think, from what I understand, most of the resources in Dust were, you know, were designed to a very, very high quality, and then, you know, it reduced as necessary to work on the PS3. Yeah, and I mean, the Unreal 4 is actually a very powerful tool, and you, if you've ever played with it, I, I've been touching on it a bit, but you can basically drop it, and they, you know, the, the first-person shooter element is built in as a template, and you can pretty much apply... Uh, existing models to it and build a level and you can walk around and do exactly what they showed in that trailer fairly quickly again if you have those assets already built which they very well might have so you know it's it certainly was not a necessarily a running working game but it is something that they you know obviously toyed with but that doesn't necessarily mean that the game was done or anywhere near completion Oh, no, I understand that. I understand that. But you must understand, I'm not a keyboard techno wizard by a long shot. I'm just a simple, normal marine engineer, all right? What I saw was a game. I know it's there. I want that game. Give it to me. Yep. Another thing, Bam, too, is just the art style of these suits doesn't really seem in keeping with what's currently in Dust. They may look a little Kaldari, but... Yeah, they just, look very feels, Kaldari. Yeah, yeah very it's, Kaldari. It's, it, it feels like it's, it's more in line with what we're seeing from Valkyrie, and that may just be the artist that's yeah, behind it. Yeah, it could just be Valkyrie suits. You're very, very right there. But it's interesting to think how things just line up. Just, mm-hmm. just so coincidental. I know that it's coincidence and complete speculation. But Bam Bacon theory, yes. <laughs> but it, but it is a good theory, and and good in that it gets you thinking and it makes you look at things from a couple different angles. I mean, my my perspective is, you know, longtime fan of Dust, massive potential for the game, uh, and they actually did do some fairly groundbreaking stuff. But I just 
like I said, until I can, if I don't see the company supporting the game, I will, I will not support it. Uh, and I don't see the company supporting the game. Therefore I will not support dust support, i.e. play and or spend money on, but that's okay. that's just my personal choice. There's plenty of other people that still kick around and have a great time at it because you can have a lot of fun in that game. It's mostly social, socially driven. Now, at, like Bam and I were talking, you know, before the show, he's been helping me out with destiny. Like I bought a PS4 about a week and a half ago. I've been playing black ops three destiny, uh, stuff like that on the PS4. There is no way I'm going to go back and play dust again. It's not going to happen. It just, it, it puts in such stark relief how bad, well, not bad, but how dated the game is. Uh, it's just, it's brutal. Uh, and, and that's unfortunate. So, I mean, that, and that's just my personal perspective on it, but I am a, I am a huge proponent of, of some of the things that CCP has done and particularly in terms of dust. I just wish they would get their shit together and, and then maybe give it a, an actual go on a, you know, on a PS4 type platform. I think that would be incredible. Uh, I just, I just don't see any evidence to the, you know, that drives me to believe that they're willing to do that. But Jason, the evidence is there. 30 million, bro. There is light at the end of the tunnel. Legion is alive. Uh, Have some faith, bro. Well, I, I think there's money there. I just don't think it's going to anything named Legion or Dust or Shooter. <laughs> <laughs> fair no, enough. I, fair I, enough. I, I think the money being brought, you know, brought in for investment is indeed distinctly for VR. My my hope is that I, I don't think that that money is the only money CCP has to spend. And I, I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I don't think we're done yet. A VR Legion. Yes, please. I'll buy one now. Yep. Okay. All right. Let's see. Uh, any other round out topics you guys want to kick around? Um, I just wanted to go back and touch on the event again. Uh, it's just called the Logi Ops November 27th. Um, I know we are all very much in agreement that Dust needs a port, that it's going to die if we don't get a port. But I do want to give some props to the, you know, the team at CCB Shanghai for actually getting us a Logi event because the player base actually has been mentioning this particular thing, getting a Lodge event and wanting a Lodge event for a decent amount of time. So, you know, like I said, we all we all have things we want from CCP really badly right now, but let's give them props where props are due. They did actually respond to something the player base wanted. Yeah. Thank you, CPM. I, I, I imagine that. I, I would agree with you. Now, I will also be the negative Nancy on this one. And let me... Because you couldn't not. Well, no... I, I actually can. I mean, it's. I mean, the reality is right. They they did they did a solid by throwing an event out there. Now, how many? Like, what number of event is this? I don't know. I haven't. I haven't been keeping a tally. Uh, Darth, like, did you mention it? Restate the question. How, what? Well, what event number is this? I think he's asking how many events we've had in total. In total, I have no idea. I know. Go ahead. You know. How about six? No, it's a hell of a lot more. No, no about more six, bro. Yeah. Six, I give a shit about. We well, we started the tracking them on in in April um, last year or whatever, and that we that's this will be the seventh so far, seventh or eighth. So it's been a lot more than that if you count the years before that. Right. So I I think it's it's closer to like fifteen when you when you go all the way back. It's well about fourteen when you go all the way back, and we've only been asking for Lodgy events since the game came out. <laughs> <laughs> So, Heavy so, events, bro. The only events you need to go for. 
So, my, but my point though, Heracles, is is you're right. Like, I I do give him props, I, and I I have said this many times. The work that like Rattati and like five dudes are doing, uh, you know, is pretty pretty epic in terms of like keeping the game alive and keeping a community engaged on it. Uh, hands down, no questions asked about that. Uh, I would just I'm just pointing out that every, everything everything that 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 they're doing to limp the game along. It's literally like giving aspirin to somebody with a broken leg. <laughs> it's, 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 it's helpful in the short term kind of, but it doesn't actually get you get to anything about uh, what's going on. What's what the root, root issues are. That's, that's my only point. Yeah. And you are welcome to restate it. Uh, let's see. I am so, looking around. Go um, ahead. Uh, you're looking, you don't have to look far, you can just look at the uh, channel chat. Yeah, um, that's what I was trying to read, sorry. Jadik wanted to bring up that uh, a CSM member, Chance Ravine, had um, a, th- a theory that um, somehow Dust was going to play a part in what I view as inevitable. Um, I think it's, it, but the, the notion that Eve will go free-to-play and that Dust will be part of making that happen. Um, and I, I don't really see a lot of his logic. I'll let Jadik explain if he'd like. Um, uh, but I, I I, definitely think Eve is going to eventually have to go to free-to-play. There's very few games that aren't at this point, and I don't, and I, I, I only think you can stay ahead of that curve for so long. Yeah, I was a little confused by like some of the points Chance was trying to make with um, removing certain aspects of Dust skill progression, but I think the basis of it was... Um, Using the transneural skill packet um, topic that was brought up a while back, um, Eve side, um, and bringing that into Dust as a way for Dust players to um, extract skill p- points from themselves to sell to Eve players who um, may not want to buy into a subscription, but they can fast track their progression by using um, skill points from Dusties and vice versa. Eve players extract their skill points, sell to dust mercs, and it's just you're making um, basically people into uh, consumers of these products and they pay to to extract them. I mean, the, the thing to me is that w- with everything that he was talking about is that it seemed like he didn't realize that we already have a system for monetizing skill points in dust and it's it's called boosters and they can be bought and sold. Uh, you know, just just like any, you know, a, a booster is effectively like a month subscription in Eve. It gets you your skill development. There's already that clear tie, you know, similarity there, except for the fact that the Eve subscription is mandatory and the Dust subscription, quote unquote, is not. Mm-hmm. I do think, I do think the transneural skill packet though is in some way some preparation for making it for making uh, free-to-play feasible for CCP. I'm not exactly sure what their whole formula is for it, but I, uh, I, it's got to be in mind. For I, I think I think they've, I mean, even if you listen to the to anybody but the most crusty long-time EVETs, they would tell you that, I mean, the ones with, have, you know, like can rub two brain cells together, they, they know they have got to move to a different, uh, a different, like, profit model. They, they understand that. Uh, just because that every like literally, I can't think of another game that's truly subscription based like Eve. I, World of Warcraft. Is it? They are still subscription based. They have kind of a quote unquote free to play, but it caps out at level twenty, which is a fifth of the game. Um, and so yeah, I mean, it's 
while obviously by its sheer size, you know, it's been it's been shrinking for years, but it it, it it's such it was such a strong to begin base to begin with. It's all it's still larger than most other MMOs. Um, that they've got they've been hanging on to it, but even even them, I I think World of Warcraft is going to be free to play within a number of years as well. Well, yeah, that that model would go very easy for them. I mean, they could very quickly turn that game into free to play if you think about it. I mean, whereas Eve would that would be a dramatic shift. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's very easy to figure that how um, World of Warcraft would work free to play. Eve, the big the biggest thing that kills it is economic. Is there's so much on that game on, on Eve that's tied to Plex, which is effectively a, a, a month of subscription containerized into an in-game item. Um, that absolutely, it's um, it, it's very interesting to think what would be involved in trying to make Eve free to play. But I, it's got to happen at some point. Final Fantasy XIV is also subscription based, and that's actually going very strong and very well for them. So you know, it, I think it can exist both ways. It just kind of depends on what your demographic is going to be. Well, they're trying to grow their demographic, so they got to figure something else out. And the majority of new players, think about it. I mean, Eve is, I think, by by a a large margin, the oldest average demographic of any game floating around, like in terms of actual age. Uh, so, old, like dudes like me, you know, if you're over thirty or you know thirty or forty years old, and you have some liquid cash, and you don't mind coughing up fifteen to thirty bucks a month, fine. And, and in fact, most a lot of people in Eve have multiple accounts, which further skews their numbers. So you're paying potentially. At least back in the day when you, when it mattered, you would pay fifteen dollars per different accounts, even though you could run up to three three tunes on one account. So, I, I see you could they would have to dramatically change how they do business because of the amount of money that like a single individual was pulling in versus what, in free to play games. You know, you live off guys like Denny, you know, off the whales, whereas you had a much more consistent and well distributed income source throughout the players through the subscription model. So I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. Now reference, by the way, reference chances uh, article or his blog rather. I, I thought it was kind of interesting how he looked at it. Um, I, I don't buy it, <laughs> but the fact that a CSM was at least thinking of it, I, I think that's a good thing. I've had a couple Eve players like a uh, long time Eve players and kind of, uh, blogger podcaster guys approached me uh, here very recently about starting up Dust Tunes, and then I very quickly pointed them to some different corps that they could go to because they they all asked to join mine, and I was like, well, there's there's only so many of us, <laughs> and, it did not, and, and it's more of a, a veterans sort of retirement home. So, um, but there are some but there are some people still interested in Dust, or at least the idea of a game like Dust. I just like I said until until you can see any visible or uh, practical evidence that CCP believes there's a game like Dust that, that should be part of the, the Eve world. I, like It's kind of hard to get, get really fired up about it. Um, okay, boys, we're going on a little bit over an hour right now. Uh, if Unless there's any objections, I would like to kind of go ahead and kick off shout-outs. We're actually under an hour. Apparently. Sweet. We'll be, we'll be over an hour by the time we're done with shout-outs. Well, we're that's kind of what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, we're at about 59 minutes right now. We'll cut off a few seconds from before the show. Probably we'll cut off another five minutes of white space, of blank space in between, like that really awkward pause that was that was like a two-minute awkward pause, and no one listening to the show will ever notice. That's very true. So Well, they will now. <laughs> in honor of that, we will start out with our shout-outs. 
So since we started at the bottom of the list, we'll start at the top of the list. It's Rizel. Go ahead. Shout outs, brother. Everyone in Paris. That's it. Word. I like that. All right, Bait. Yeah, I'd like to give a lovely shout out to the cop that pulled me over last night um, and knocked down my speed to, by like, I think, 11 miles an hour. Uh, so that guy was pretty cool. Um, let's see. What else? Uh, I'd like to give out uh, a shout out to the CPM and CCP for giving us a cool Lodgy event next week. Um, thanks. Uh, shout out to Corporation uh, Incorruptibles. Love playing with you guys. Had fun this weekend. Um, and finally, I'd like to give my shout out to uh, Morgan Starkiller uh, on the Eve side uh, for uh, booting up uh, his dust tune and uh, and playing with us. So that, that was fun. Good deal. All right. Bam? Well, I don't really have a shout out, but uh, hashtag pork that's what before. There we go. I'm drunk. I think how it sounds. And uh, shout out to uh, Jason Larison for actually completing his first Destiny raid today. Yay! And it, there is YouTube evidence of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, let's see. Darth, any shout outs? Uh, yeah, to Paris and to the Lodgy Bros. Excellent. Heracles? Um, I will shout out another shout out to Paris, obviously. Um, I will give a shout out to everyone involved, the CPMs, for making the Lodgy event happen. And I'll give a shout out to my corp. Uh, Capital Acquisitions LLC for all coming back together. These are guys I haven't seen in like months and uh, kicking ass again. It's a lot of fun to see everyone back together. And your YouTube channel is uh, Heracles Porsche. Oh, and I'm still I'm still looking for uh, someone to write me a Dust Five One Four Machinima script. So shout out to whoever does that. Alrighty. Okay, let's see, Jadek. Uh, shout out to my friend Marie. Glad she checked in safe. Um, and shout out to all people of Paris. Well done. Uh, Pokey. Uh, again, shout out to the French and everyone involved in that attack. That was pretty rough stuff. So I'm, you know, for those who are okay, I'm, I'm glad. And for those who were affected, I'm you know, deeply sorry. Uh, and also shout out to CCP for giving us something to actually talk about for once without scraping the bottom of the barrel. It's been nice to have some substance to chew on for the show. So <clears throat> thanks for that. Yep, absolutely. Uh, kind of without saying, I, you know, shout out to the folk, to the uh, folks of Paris and France at large. Uh, not much that you, you can say about that that hasn't already been said. I would, I would tell you, though, that when you look at the number of people that were affected by that and you play kind of the the degrees of separation game, you might be surprised uh, how many people you know that know somebody that was there, really, not just you know, sort of figuratively, uh, or that you knew people around there. So if you've ever done any international traveling, or even if you haven't, you know, you might be surprised how close this actually hits to home, even though it seems like it may be a long way away from you uh, in France. So just a, just a quick shout out to everybody out there. And we, again, um, it seems like they are rallying they're standing strong and uh, it, it will probably be a solidifying event for them as terrible as it is. Uh, they're hopefully, and it looks like they will turn it into something that is a, uh, an event that will create resiliency within that nation and that Europe and Europe writ large. So on that note, uh, we do, we do kind of transitioning back over. I would like to get a quick shout out to Bam and, some of the guys of, of his fire team that he brought in to help me out through my first Destiny raid. As I mentioned earlier, I've been playing a little bit of Destiny. And 
was a true noob, had no idea where to go. Vault of, vault of glass. So um, had to figure out all that kind of all that stuff. So it's all good. Call me trader all you like. It's still a still a very fun game. By the way, my 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 point my point earlier is that um, there are so many things in the new games that I would love to see with a CCP flavor or skin laid over on it. I could only imagine the social aspects of Destiny and sort of the if you imagine, like if you've ever played Destiny, you have like the tower where you start. It's basically the main social hub. You get you get missions there. You have a bunch of vendors and all kind of little find it stuff that you do around there. Imagine that as your war barge or your station. And this was all dust. And then you had the social tools of the PS4. You could like walk up to somebody, click on them, and you could interact with them. And you could form a squad with them right there in public, not just a squad finder. Um if you had that aspect, the social aspect, a little bit in some PVE aspect, you know, the kind of the co-op gameplay style. And then if you take a game like Black Ops 3, which has incredibly fluid movement around the battlefield, it is just just wickedly well done. Now, the shooting part is, I mean, it is a shooter. It, it, it's okay, It's but it's quite good, but it's an incredibly well-polished game visually. Destiny, again, beautiful game, but the movement... In both games, is movement in both games is silky smooth, just absolutely excellent. Black Ops, though, phenomenal. Um, so if you took elements like that and then you overlaid what we know as dust on top of it, or that like the at the like updated visuals of dust utilizing current gen tech technology, you updated the movement system, which is obviously the first thing that you notice when you see when you play a different game. When you take these elements of these things, it really, really makes you frustrated because of the amount of potential, uh, the tangible potential that Dust used to have, and and in my opinion, still has to make a game that would rival something like Destiny or a Call of Duty, you know, cutting edge shooter. So hats off to to Bam for walking me through Destiny, which is one of my new favorite games, by the way. So other than that, folks, we appreciate you joining us for episode 80 of Biomass Podcast. So as we say here, good night and good luck.